Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. I am this is Pete Jones. And, <laughs> and I've had a really fun week. <laughs> Why, Pete? Sounds like one of our ads. Either that or like something from Oh Brother, We're Out Thou. Why, Pete, tell our good listening audience what happened this week. I've had, first of all, I've had a ton of emails from a bunch of different pastors, and it was like, it, it, on on one level, I felt like it was dump on Pete Week. It was if you ever seen the old Warner Brother cartoons, and they're arguing, you know, with Elmer Fudd about whether it's duck season or rabbit season. It was Pete Mitchell season, <laughs> dude. Let me tell you, this one guy, this one guy was hilarious. So I sent out this one email um, to all the the church planners who uh, requested my my Bivo uh, report and. Um, and he emails back and he goes, I can definitely tell you're a pastor. You took forever to get to your point. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Dude, and I wanted to say, first of all, not a pastor. Secondly, you read the whole email to get to my point. So I did it right. That was kind of the point. That's the, yes, like he doesn't understand. See, this is my point. When people tell you your marketing is bad, here's my money, I want to buy your program. It's like, dude, I'm not changing my marketing. You just gave me your money and then told me my marketing was bad. You have no idea what you're talking about. And that's totally yeah. how I felt when this guy's like, you must be a pastor. You took forever to get to your point. And I'm like, you read the whole email. <laughs> that was the That's point. Awesome. 
So, but I had so many funny conversations this week. All right, th- this. How come you didn't share any of these with me? I I would have loved to you have know, seen these. You know, at first I was getting so many. Um, how do I word this? Like between the two of us, I get the hate mail, and for good reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's let's be honest. I'm the idiot who usually says something and wishes he had cut it and. Half of them is like, no, I want to put that in there, right? So uh-huh. I get the hate mail. And this week was the first week I was like, okay, one of two things is going on here. Either God's trying to get my attention and I'd better pay attention and listen to what he's got to say. Or um, the enemy is really getting ticked at me <laughs> and really trying to dump on me. And I don't know which it is. So what do you do in that case? You just go to God and go, hey, God, are you trying to tell me something here? Because... Yep. You know, if you are, then I want to listen. But anyway, so this one gal, I'm talking to this one gal. She uh, uh, works uh, at a church and, uh, you know, she's trying to find some some work on the side. So she went through the, the uh, webinar and really liked it and wanted to talk. And um, she was hilarious. I was in stitches talking to her because she was like, yeah, I listen to the podcast, and sometimes I'll just be in my room laughing, and my roommate will come in and go, what are you listening to? And I'll give her the podcast. And my roommate goes, wow, that's really mean. And she goes, yeah, that's why it's funny. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what did we say that was so mean that, like, gets the, you know, that was really mean, but it's funny mean. Could be any number of things that we think are funny that probably not many other people would. <laughs> probably, right? <laughs> but there was like a whole string of them. And then, um, oh, then I was yeah, talking. Because to- it was like um, Bobby Boucher, man, like Pete Mitchell, the devil. That well, was pretty much. Uh, I, I was talking to another church planner today who who listens to our podcast all the time. And I, you, you've talked to him. Um, I don't think you and I have ever talked about this church planner before. And uh, so anyway, he was talking to me because he, he's coming through uh, my, my, my course for church planners. And, um, and he goes, yeah, you know, I give you guys this podcast to my friends all the time to listen to. You know, certain episodes, I got to be careful which episodes huh. I give them. And I go, and I gave it to, to one of my, uh, I, I think the guy was a pastor. He goes, I, I gave one of the episodes to one of my friends to listen to. And, and he goes, man, what's up with that guy's voice? It's just really annoying. I just really can't stand it. And he goes, I'm thinking, man, you really don't like Pete that much? And he goes, and then I found out he was talking about Peyton. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Dude, it was funny to me on two levels. One, because you assumed I was the annoying guy, which is like (laughs) so funny to me. And then what's annoying about you? Your voice isn't annoying. I mean, my voice is sexy, man. That's all I'm saying. It had to do with probably what you were saying. Like what you were saying was annoying the guy. Yeah, no, hey, that's cool. You know it. I, I, I actually, that made me feel good inside. That anyone who is annoyed by me is annoyed by me. That's its own reward. That's its own reward. It I had is, so man, many I'm funny conversations. Oh, I talked to a church planner like right before the podcast. I talked to a church planner. We're talking about what he does for money. Again, another guy who's thinking about coming through uh, my course. And he goes, well, uh, I'm a gunsmith. <laughs> He's a gunsmith. <laughs> Dude, don't make him mad. Dude, make, all make sure. I'm thinking is, please tell me you want to work out trade. 
please tell oh, me yes. you want to like make me a nice gun and uh and and come through because I would do that trade. I will wholeheartedly I'll be like done. Dude, so he would make you like a big gun for your big guns marketing. I won't well be... I, I don't have big guns anymore. It's now profit hacking. Okay, you know, I, I guess, but you you know you know uh Hellboy. If someone is gonna make me a, you know that I don't even know what it's called. Have you ever seen Hellboy? He's got yeah. that ginormous gun. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I would want someone to make me. Yeah, I would like, uh, I'm putting in my request now, Eric. I would like a double barrel shotgun. Um, any kind of long gun would be great as well. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what a gun costs. So let's let's figure out let's figure out uh, a comparable trade. You're thinking too low. I mean, look. If oh, no, I want comparable gonna... trade. But these are custom, right? These are custom. But I don't. No, but if you're gonna get someone to make you a gun, you gotta go with something like Judge Gatling. Dredd, man. Get like me a Gatling. Gun. Make me a Gatling gun. <laughs> but you know that's not bad. Like kind of like a steampunk Gatling gun. Like you, you gotta splash out a bit. You gotta make it something that's like the only way you're gonna have one is if you paint up a Nerf gun. You See, know what I probably mean? the only way he could do it is it have to be a long gun because of uh, state lines. Oh, so I think it's well, gotta be a long. Well, gun. wait a second. Now I can't endorse illegal activity. I won't say that statement. Well, and I can't publicly take illegal <laughs> weapons <laughs> publicly. Let me and state you're that. Publicly stating right now that that would no way and no how happen ever. Uh, let, let me be clear: the trade has not happened. I have not received any type of gun or firing mechanism whatsoever from anybody. I can't wait till next podcast we talk about your search and seizure experience <laughs> can't wait <laughs> the raid on the mitchell home dude this is california which i found out we are actually the most uh ungun friendly state in the nation are we really yeah yeah we we uh which does not surprise me at all i mean it's california so i got an email this week Ooh, let's hear this well i thought it was pretty funny i mean you know there was a uh now I couldn't tell if it was a it, it was someone living in a Muslim country. Couldn't tell if it was a a boy or a girl. So I had to tell my wife, "Hey, I got this email because you know I don't respond to to email if if it's from a, a female." By the way, what, what, was it the prince um, of Nigeria? Come on, was it the prince? You know, I came into a lot of money apparently, <laughs> and uh, I needed to wire my bank details to Nigeria, and I would immediately find great satisfaction and much money in my my account. But uh, I did not uh, send my bank details. No, I got another one. It was from a Muslim country. And it was somebody who, uh, they're obviously a seminarian. And they said, you know, by the way, I'm getting these unsolicited emails from you. And I thought, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, wait a second. Now, I know, I know we have a jump school uh, series of, of, of emails. That has come through that. But I, I wrote back and said, hey. Um, you know, at first I said, Hey, I'd love to hear about, you know, what's going on in your country. And it, it was a really cool letter they sent. It was, it was them telling me, um, about themselves because the letter that goes out for me tells them kind of my story and what I do and how I can help them. And, uh, and I said, Hey, you know, unsolicited emails, here's the deal. Um, uh, is this the one that you copied me on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, here's, here's. Here's something I got to tell you. Never. <laughs> all caps. Never, ever. All caps. Never, ever give somebody your email address unless you want 
Well, email. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was nice in that, you know, it, it was a nice letter, but my, my latent sarcasm did emerge. Dude, that's, that's just comedy. I, I remember seeing that and I was like, first of all, I don't know why this person is emailing you because they came through my webinar. That was the webinar yeah. they came through. Yeah, I don't know. There must be a ghost in the machine that like suddenly switches tracks. You know, you know what I should have done? I should have looked up her record in my CRM and seen uh, – because if she had uh, opted into both lists or he – I don't know if it was a guy or a yeah. girl. If yeah. they had opted into the Church Planner Library Contest and also to get my report, then that would have given them both emails. Oh, and then if she just picked one and responded to that, then I don't know. She probably entered both. You know, probably. But I could check it. Or he. Why am I making it a girl? Because I just. It's. It never mind. <laughs> it, it looked like a girl's name. It looked like a girl's handwriting. And <laughs> on the email, the font was definitely feminine. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I'm telling. You, it's just been a crazy week this week dealing with pastors and church planners. To the I point where I was like, dude, I don't even know if I, I, I'm going to offer my course again, ever. Like, I was like, these guys are, these guys, I make more money just doing this stuff. So, and then I look at yeah. the guys that I do work with and I'm like, yeah, but man, I'm changing their lives. Like, yeah. literally, I'm not trying to burst or, uh, you know, brag or anything, but these guys are like, lives are being transformed financially. Well, they got their... They got their lives back, man. They can spend time with their family yeah, so. and pay their bills and plant their churches all at the same time. So that's the thing that kind of just makes me go, all right, well, God, then I just got to do what you want me to do. And if you tell me not to do it, I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it yeah. at that. It's a good prayer, man. It's so. a good prayer. But, yeah. So uh, what else is going on? Well, you know, um, I was actually thinking about uh, Refuge Long Beach this week. And um, I was talking with uh, another one of our church planners and he was like, "Hey man, is there is there any way that that I could allow my church to give their tithe maybe online or or via text based? I mean, does does Refuge Long Beach do anything like that?" So I thought I'd ask you. I mean, what does Refuge Long Beach do to to get tithe? Well, well, you know, it's it's interesting. They have this really cool uh online giving portal, Pete, and it's called MoGive. What? And, uh, yeah, it's Mo Give, and what's cool is it easily embeds into the website. So when you're on their website and you click a little button that says Give, it takes you to a page, and it's got the Mo Give portal right there. And Mo Give should have been called Ease Give because it's so dang easy. Um, I see know, a new it, company on our horizon. <laughs> <laughs> easy Give. <laughs> But uh, MoGive, yeah, it's a cheap and online giving platform for new and growing churches, Pete. And uh, you should tell your friend all about it. And if he wants to sign up, well, then he needs to go to MoGive.com forward slash church. And that's spelled M-O-G-I-V dot com? You're right, Pete. It is M-O-G-I-V. You know, smart people recognize that and smart people go there. <laughs> MoGive. Dot com forward slash church. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. All right. Well, so what else you got going on this week, now, man? Let's keep driving. And anything new going on this week? No. No? Nothing? No. Well, we might as well I get into films. our topic. I make films. So uh, 
I've been making films. Did I tell you I made a Star Wars film for mm, Nam? No. Yeah, it's not like Episode 8 or anything. You know that Episode 8 is called The Last Jedi? Did you know that? I did. I heard that this week, in fact. Yes, yes. So uh, it's called The Last Jedi. But I got to make a film on values in church plants, and uh, I decided to contrast the Jedi and the Sith. It was pretty dang cool. I'm just saying it's nice being able to be a, I don't know what my role is, but I had training uh, in North American Mission Board for, uh, this is like my day job, but I, I had training for, I'm on this team called Multiply with Mac Lake. And uh, somehow I got saddled, I think because of the Gem School films, I got saddled with the incredible experience of making films. And we were having a blast. I can't believe this is one of, it's not my only job, but it's definitely the funnest thing I do. And uh, dude, we had, I, I donned a Kylo Ren costume. We had a dude in an Obi-Wan and Stormtrooper armor costume. Dude, I'm telling you. We had a hologram shooting out of our, our hands. I'm telling you. Did Dan Torres do it? What's that? Did Dan Torres do it? Did. Yeah, because I was going to say, you, you don't have that skill. <laughs> like, you're good, but Dan's way better. You know what I'm good at? You know what's funny? I'm, I'm learning that is is kind of not really a, um, a done deal. Like, Dan's the wizard, man. He, he can just make this stuff um, really sing and really pop. I mean, he's just amazing. But So if you guys have seen the videos, um, Church Planning Minute, I have a uh, a uh, YouTube channel called the Ninja Church Planner, and uh, he's got these church planning minutes on there. Right, I give advice for a minute, and they're just funny as heck. And uh, but yeah, I mean, but but apparently, what you know, because they tell you what you're good at, you know. And uh, he was like, "Man, you're just good at the one takes." I don't. I I know roughly what I'm gonna talk about. I just get up there and talk for like one or two minutes, and bam. Well, then what happens when we do our podcast and I'm left editing out so much stuff? (laughs) Well, you know, it's uh, I only have to do one or two minute sound bites. Dude, I just I just want to hear another uh, another person in ministry go. Wow, that's really mean. Yeah, that's why it's so funny. (laughs) 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 I tell you, man. So what's today's topic? Today's topic is the prophetic leader. So we've been taking this little stroll down through Ephesians chapter 4, and we're getting to the gifts. Because remember now, I got a book come out in May, May 2017, coming up here, called Reaching the Unreached, Becoming Raiders of a Lost Art. Cha-ching! And uh, so really, guys, what we did is we, we taught quality over quantity talked about the reason why team leadership was important. Then we did an introduction to what I call fist leadership. It's a little bit different than maybe some of the other takes. You know, some people call it APES, this and that. I have a slightly different way of looking at these gifts than other people do. And so that's all it's all spelled out in Church Zero. Had a guy yesterday who was trying to argue with me on Facebook and I was just like, hey man, um, I wrote a book called Church Zero. Just read it. You know, then we can talk. What was he arguing with you about? Uh, it, it, it was just someone put something provocative, actually, from the Jump School DVD, from the study guide. 
um, up online, and it it it, it really rubbed rub people the wrong way because I am a provocateur. I do say provocative things to make people. I think. didn't see any of this. Were they putting it up as like something they agreed or disagreed? No, with? Bonomo put it on like, "Hey, this is awesome," and it, oh. it definitely rocked the boat. I mean, people got upset. I would say most people liked it, but um, you know, someone someone took issue because it is it is provocative and it is offensive. But heck, man, I mean. You know, don't ever read the prophets. You know, those those are offensive things that are said to make people think. So I'm I'm no stranger to saying provocative things. Jesus said provocative things. Paul said provocative things uh, in Galatians and Philippians. So, anyways, and and in Corinthians, I mean, provocative things are just sometimes you got to say provocative things. So it was provocative, but uh, I don't remember why I was going there. What was I saying, Pete? Oh, so we were talking about this team leadership thing and the FIST leadership. And so we gave a little apologetic summary of that. Last week, we talked about the apostolic leader. And this week, we're going to talk about the prophetic leader. I dig it. So uh, one, two, three, go. <laughs> okay. Well, look, you know, when, you, when you're talking about FIST leadership, which I always like to say, just to give you a, a review <clears throat> the uh, five fingers on your hand, right? If if I tried to kick your butt with one of my fingers, right? Uh, like that Kung Fu movie I talk about. Um, that's not going to be very effective. That's a myth. But if I put all five fingers together, it makes a fist. So I see church planning teams as those different gifts come together. And you see that in the scripture, right? Like you see the apostles and then the prophets, and the prophet, prophetic type leader is the one that, even if someone goes, okay, uh, I, I get the apostolic guy, like he's the spiritual entrepreneur that's being accepted now. Um, he's the startup guy. Um, I would say less people see the the idea of the ninja church planner, the serial church planner, a guy who um, plants, raises up and moves on, I would say that still hasn't taken root in people's thinking yet. So that's another book I'll have coming out. But that's the idea that you don't. <laughs> you can't do that on the Dude, podcast. I just, I lowered my chair. That's all I did. No, but you have to understand, I'm sitting there, <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at me. And he goes from like sitting at normal height to suddenly flicking the lever. And he looks like, remember that Kilroy was here? You know, back in the seventies, where you're, I'm looking at you from like the nose up. <laughs> I can't, I can't even see my picture, man. I, I have you no idea what like I look two like. Two feet. Well, I, I lowered my chair. It was, it was a little bit abrupt. I'm, I'm just saying. How's every, that? Every is once it, in a while, is that any better? Strips down to his underwear and dances, and it's really hard to talk seriously because I can see his video while we're doing this. My favorite underwear is my BB-8 underwear. I'm just saying, dude. I bought Star Wars underwear. I say, you know, we, we couldn't get through a podcast without talking about <laughs> Star Wars underwear. So I bought a pair of Stormtrooper underwear last night. Really? Yeah, but it was gray. I don't know if that's a good idea to have white Stormtrooper underwear. <laughs> about the prophetic leader and you went there are you, are you editing this out then oh my gosh oh you better edit it you better mark it this is the one time i didn't say it i didn't say anything so they made it great <laughs> <laughs> i 
No, I'm not editing it. And and I thought that was a good idea. So, it, anyways, <laughs> I just didn't want you to think, Pete. That was all. I just I didn't want you to. You know, it was a big moment. I almost took a picture and sent it to you and said, "I just bought my first Star Wars underwear." This is what we've been talking about. Really? That was your first? Yeah. Yeah. Andrea brought me uh, like Christmas Darth Vader underwear. Were you sitting at the table playing piano? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I saw those. And that's you know I course took a picture and this is creepy but uh we do this pete and i do this we send each other pictures i have no idea what you're talking about i've never done that before in my life (laughs) so uh so anyways i digress um so prophetic leader wow it's hard to come back from that isn't it (laughs) it really is it really is well guys thanks for joining us for the podcast today this has been peyton jones and pete mitchell reminding you Reminding you that the hate mail this week needs to go to Peyton at churchplannermag.com. I, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Go back to your prophetic talk. So, okay. So, so the prophetic leader is the guy that people kind of think, you know what? I, I don't know if I can, I don't know. This is the guy that freaks me out. Because if I understand the apostolic guys are the missionary, um, I don't know, though. The prophetic guy, you know, he's kind of spooky. He's kind of scary. I mean, really, at the end of the day, how do I know this guy's not going to come in and go, Hey, Bob, uh, God told you to marry Sally. And he's like, oh, like, great. Glad I got a prophet in my church. You know, or the guy, like, suddenly you're in a board meeting, looks across the table and goes, You're in sin. You know, or, hey, everybody, um, I was just talking to God this morning. As you know, I have a much deeper relationship with him than all of you do. And, uh, you know, me and God are like this. I got the white hot bat phone to heaven. And uh, it's like Batman talking to the commissioner, everyone. So he lights up the prophetic, you know, symbol in the sky, the prophet symbol. And, uh, you know, I come running and we had a little talk on the rooftop. And uh, basically God says, uh He's not happy with any of you. And you're like, oh, can we take communion now? Right? Like, like that's the stuff that people are afraid of. And so I want to talk about this leader and really kind of give, um, you know, a little bit about what this role is all about and why you shouldn't fear it. And when it becomes something that's scary, it's probably because you don't have a prophet you have someone either pretending to be or someone who thinks they are when they're not. When you see the prophetic guy operating, you're like, Lord, thanks for that, dude. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have sticky wickets, things that you're going to have to deal with. Um, but all these roles do. Every single role has kind of like an Achilles heel. So let's talk about what the prophet is. So the prophet in his bare bones. And, and by the way, when I wrote Church Zero, this was the hardest role to really define. Because you're talking about a guy, yes, he is in step with the gifts. Uh, more of the supernatural, more of the, the prophetic. Uh, that's why it's called prophet. Prophetic type leader might even be a better way to say it. Because um, the word prophet to us means that, oh, you know, the the... The chosen one, the, the the holy man, you know, the the you know, if if you watch any sci-fi movie and the guy walks into the scene and goes, 
I am the prophet, right? Immediately you're like, oh crap, you know, like watch out for that dude. But in the church, the prophets, it's good news when they come. So for for example, same prophetic type leader takes that sigma that this guy, he doesn't have superpowers. You know, he's he's a guy that puts his pants on one leg at a time. He's a guy that might occasionally be a jerk to his wife and yell at his kids too much. And he's he's a normal man of clay like everyone else. But here's the deal. Um, what the prophet is meant for is for encouragement, right? Um, yes, he will challenge things. Particularly, he will challenge, uh, you know, when when people get their eyes off Jesus, he'll just tell them to get their eyes back on Jesus. So if you ever notice, like the Old Testament, the prophets point to Jesus. Well, in the New Testament, they do the same. And so in Ephesians, when it says that God has built the church on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, um, many people think that he's talking there about Old Testament prophets, but he's not. He's talking about the New Testament prophets. So the apostles and prophets are the first two people to usually arrive on the scene in the book of Acts. Mm. So if I were walking through, or I, I have a course I, I, I used to do, I'm probably going to get ready to put it online, but it's church planning in the book of Acts. Um, you can trace a pattern where when the apostles go out, not far behind them, but as in, in the case of Antioch, it says that prophets came up from Jerusalem um, shortly after Paul and Barnabas took up work there and started doing about a year later, prophets came up. And um, they started, you know, prophesying. I mean, and, and the work of a prophet is mainly to encourage. And it mentions that they strengthen and encourage the believers there. And that's the primary role is is basically what the prophet does is he, he it's not necessarily foretelling. Like, behold, two days from now, Pete Mitchell will go to the bathroom. You know, or something like that. You know, the, the, what's going to happen? What it mainly is, is um, telling God's heart, you know, um, sharing where God's at with stuff, what God thinks about things. Um, and again, um, if you get your eyes off God, those will be the guys like you'll be sitting in a board meeting with them and you'll be making all these plans and strategies. And you'll be saying, here's our our, our kingdom concept, our vision frame. This is stuff I train people in now. It's all strategy for vision. The prophet will kind of raise his hand and go, uh, hey, um, were we going to fast and pray at all about, like, I mean, these are great ideas. Don't get me wrong. But what does God think about all this? And you'd be like, oh, uh, oh, yeah. You know what? We're we're not just like, like wind-up tops. Like Jesus kind of um, told us, hey, guys, I'll see you in 2,000 years. Um, get busy down on earth. And I'll see you in a little bit. Um, do your best. Knock yourselves out. Be obedient and just go. That's not what it is. For the prophet, the prophet's like, no, look, man, his power and his presence are here now. He'll lead us today, right? Which if, in your, if you're into team leadership, team leadership really is about Jesus leading your church in each one of those gifts, hearing him differently. And the prophet is very jealous for people to be listening to God. He's remember the job of a prophet is to point to Christ. Both the Old Testament prophets do that, and New Testament prophetic leaders always point to Jesus. So you're sitting in a board meeting, and it's red tape. That guy hates that. By the way, prophetic type guys and apostolic guys 
tend to hate board meetings, but a prophetic guy would be like, dude, are we going to take communion? Like, can we bring the spirit into all of this? What does God have to, that's what he's always thinking. What does God have to do with this? The other thing that a prophet does is not only does he encourage and share God's heart, it's usually in the way of encouragement. I was reading um, recently a guy who said, most of the work I do with church planting is encouraging church planters. So when I train them. So for example, um, church planting, you guys that are church planting, you know, it's discouraging. Um, it's hard. So when a prophet comes to your church plant, um, he's going to speak things that are encouraging. Um, he's going to, where you're tired and you feel worn out and you feel uh, a lack of confidence or, 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 you know, maybe the, the, you know, just feel a little bit overwhelmed. He's going to lay hands on you. He's going to pray for you. And he's going to speak into your life. And um, I'll never forget, you know, I always got to go back. I'm, I mentioned it was hard to write Church Zero because there's not a lot written on these guys. And what I did when I wrote that book is when I came to the section on prophets, I just thought of a guy named Jeff. And if you've read Church Zero, cha-ching, there's a guy named uh, Jeff in there. And uh, he was my prophetic leader. And Jeff came and said, hey, man, you know, I just want to let you know I, I'm, I'm here to serve. He was an old 60, 70-year-old uh, retired guy. He worked in a, in, a, in a factory most of his life. And uh, he just said, hey, I, um, he was an engineer, smart guy. And he said, hey, I'm just here to serve. And he didn't tell me. And this is, this is key with prophetic people. They don't walk up and go, hi, I'm Jeff. I'm a prophet. You need me in this church. Normally, if you have a prophetic leader, you're only going to know because they're going to exercise their gift in some quiet, humble way. It's going to be non-intrusive, non-invasive. It's going to be respectful. It's going to be, you know, everything that's in line with Jesus. Because remember, all five of these gifts are an aspect of Jesus's ministry. And what happens is um, the prophetic leader, like Jeff, he just... I'll never forget, like, we were going through infertility. And we you and were Jeff? Having these, hmm? You and Jeff? <laughs> no. <laughs> and we, we, were, we were at the That's house. That's really mean. Night. That's why it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and so what happened was um, we, we were having, our, we would have food, our core teams. Gosh, I so want to talk about those times um, and teach guys. But we have podcasts on that. But we would we would get together, we would pray, we worship, we talk, we discuss, and um, we we take communion and pray. And um, so one night afterwards, Jeff just comes up to me and says, "Hey, can I pray for you and Andrea for both of you guys?" And I go, "Sure, yeah." And I I wasn't doing so hot, like I was in a dark place, anyways. But my wife was really struggling as a woman because. You know, we couldn't have kids, and they could never tell us, like, who it was. We both tested fine. Um, and they said, look, we think it's something on, on the level of your DNA. And Jeff just, he prayed. He just took us aside in the kitchen. Andrew's making tea for everybody. And um, he just prayed. And I swear to you, that night, he said, uh, hey, um, well, he, he prayed. And it felt like he had been a fly on the wall in our bedroom listening to the prayers and the tears and the confusion and the pain 
And that night, there was something in that prayer. I don't know how to explain it, but something was healed in both of us because I was mad. Like, I'd already been mad at God at that stage of my life. But watching my wife go through this, and then we did the in vitro, and um, we did all of the, we did, we spent so much money on fertility treatments. I was a poor missionary, but my dad had passed away, left me some money, and we poured a lot of our money into fertility treatments. And when that final one didn't take, and I mean, it was like they were growing in their little petri dishes. We had named them. They were going like gangbusters. And and then one day they were like, hey, just cell division stopped. And we don't know why. We we don't have the science that can tell us why this is happening. Could be a combination of the two of you. Could be something we don't understand. But I remember being mad. I was like, all right, God. I've had it. And uh, I was already mad at God. Already felt betrayed and let down by other things in my life. And um, this guy prayed something that just, I don't don't know how to describe it, but sometimes prayers are healing in themselves. And we felt the presence of God. There was stuff he was saying he could not have known. By the way, it was not public knowledge on my core team that Andrew and I couldn't have kids. Um, We were just getting to know these people. And, um, you know, beyond that, I mean, Jeff, Jeff and I just started praying and hanging out and, you know, I got to know him and, and he was always really, um, like he didn't have anything to prove. He didn't want a position. You know, I waited 18 months till I picked leaders for the church, but by then it was obvious who they should be. But Jeff was, um, you know, his burden. And, and this is what you find prophetic guys. They, they're spiritual. They fast, they pray, they want to have prayer meetings. They're the, they're going to be there praying before the service, and they're going to say, "Hey, do we have anything uh, to pray for people after the service?" And here's the other thing: this is, I have to say this because we're going to head into the gifts. the the holy the 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 prophetic type leader tends to walk more in the supernatural. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like Jeff had the gift of healing. Um, and, and he didn't advertise it, but if he was praying after the service and someone needed healing, Jeff would pray into that. And sometimes they were healed. And, um, I'm careful here because I have been a part of people getting healed. And what I can tell you is when you do that and you're, you're praying for people to be healed, like it tells you in James that elders ought to do. You don't feel you did it. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you know that you exercised the willingness to take that step of faith and pray that, but you very much feel that this is from the Lord. And, um, and I'm very, the only, the only really prerequisite though, is you have to be wearing a white leisure suit from what I understand. Um, yes. And big hair. That's why I no longer pray for healing. I don't have any hair. But uh, you can comb your goatee up, just comb it up, comb it up. This is what I think freaks people out about our podcast is we're talking totally (laughs) serious, serious things. And then we said, but guys, that's what church planning is, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is what separates church planners from, I think, the rest of ministers. Because, uh, Pete, uh, this is God, this is why you get email that you get. Uh, maybe you should keep your comments to yourself. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, 
So the deal is, is that with Jeff, you know, he would he would prophesy. I, I got some great Jeff stories. Um, I tell him in church, you know, cha-ching. But uh, one of the best ones was when this kid comes. From, we had a, a whole slew of, like, university kids coming. And, uh, you know, one after the other, just getting saved. But this one kid came, and he was trying to pick up on this chick. And I'm standing in the hallway, and this chick wants to get baptized. And uh, the, this guy, his name's Aaron. He's in leadership now. But Aaron comes in, and he's like, hey, uh, <laughs> comes up next to this girl, and he goes, hey, uh, I, I, oh, what are you guys talking about? And she goes, oh, I'm going to get baptized. And he goes, oh, I, I think I'd like to get baptized, too. <laughs> he's like, anything to be next to you, baby, you know. And and so I'm like, well, you know, it's just explaining what baptism was. And I'm like, so I talk a little bit about it, and then I give an example. I go, you know, your your old life stops, your new life begins. And I go, like, for example, you, what was your name? And he goes, Aaron. And I go, like, you, Aaron, it would be such a radical change that you wouldn't ever try to get such and such, the girl that's standing there, into bed. Like, you would just would never try to get her into bed. <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, oh, uh, 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 he turns a million shades red. And he starts stammering. And uh, it was great. And I just walked away. And then so we start. I'm like, hey, everyone, it's time to start. We worship a little bit. You know, we're having a great time. And, uh, you know, we're doing communion and everything. And Jeff just stops everything. And he goes, um, we were praying just then. And I just, I'm sorry, everyone. I got to kind of interrupt everything. He goes, and Jeff never did this. He goes, um, Aaron, I, I met you tonight. I don't know how to, how to really say this, but. I feel like the Lord spoke in my heart. You just need to come to Jesus tonight. And Aaron just, dude, this is his first time ever to church, like to anything ever in his life, right? He just started bawling and praying. Dude, like spontaneous prayer coming out of this kid. He's like 20 years old, 19 years old. And he just starts going, God, I am so dirty. Oh, God, I am sorry. And just starts confessing and weeping like right there on the spot. And I'm like, and, and I had been feeling the same thing because I had had this conversation. And I, it, it was just a Lord, man. It was just beautiful. But that didn't happen a lot. And I think when you're around prophetic people that you can trust, and that's a key deal, um, Cool stuff just starts to happen, and they just know things, and people experience things. We have like hardcore reformed people in our midst because almost all evangelicals in Britain are reformed. And so what what happened was we'd be sitting there, and like there's cessationists who don't believe that the gifts operate today, and their kid would get sick, and he would pray for him, and there I just never forget this one family just boop, instantaneous conversion from cessationist. To what's called continuous. You still believe the gifts are for today. And um, um, if you wanted to read a good book on this, because, you know, it's what I do, right? I read these books. Don't worry, guys. Um, I'll tell you what movie to watch. Go on, Peyton. Go on. <laughs> There's a book right now called Miracle Work by a guy named Jordan Singh. I will get him on hardcore. Oh, yes. I will get him on hardcore. Really down to earth. Lives in Hawaii. But Jordan Singh. And it's called Miracle Work. This guy. 
has written a fantastic book because for me, I haven't really read a bunch of theology of prophetic work, but he's pretty much compiled one. Um, it's published by IVP and varsity press. Um, it's an evangelical publisher, not a Pentecostal one, but he's charismatic with his seatbelt, but he's the real deal. Like it's kind of like Jeff writing a book. Cause I remember talking to Jeff going, Hey, so Jeff, tell me about the role of prophet or a prophetic leader. And Jeff goes, Oh, I don't know. He goes, I just, I just listen to God. Like he couldn't, he wasn't impressed with himself. It wasn't, you know, like a, like a big deal to him. But the amount of times, I, I would say there's only one time where Jeff was like, hey, um, so-and-so in the church is in sin. I just know it. And I'm like, really? Like, how do you know it, man? Is it like, you know it, know it? Or you, you just got like, you know, the Mormon bosom burning in your bosom? Or is it like, is God kind of giving you a hint here? And he he goes, no, I just know it. He goes, in a couple days, they're going to come to you and confess. And I I think you're just supposed to be ready. And it was a bombshell. It was a bombshell. That person came, confessed, and I was ready. And there was a huge mass domino effect and messes to clean up. But I was ready. I was like two days later, sitting there, it's Christmas night i think day after christmas i can't remember it was it was it was a time that you don't normally have things like and boom knock 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 on the door and mm. you know and and so these things are real and they happen in in the the but the prophetic leader isn't there to condemn in fact jeff would always say he goes you know how i test a prophecy if it's encouraging and it gives life he goes and it's of the lord he goes if it doesn't if it's discouraging and detracts and condemns, he goes, that's from somewhere else. He goes, reject that. You know, Bible says, test the spirits to see whether they're, it says, do not despise prophecy, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. So when you read like the letters to the seven churches, um, when the spirit speaks to the church, no matter how bad it is to each of those letters, it ends on a positive. Jesus goes to he who overcomes, right? He tells them what they need to do. He might tell him, hey, sometimes he always encourages in each one of those, tells them what he has a problem with, tells them what they need to do, and then he encourages them for those who overcome. And so it's, you know, sometimes God says difficult things. Sometimes a prophetic leader will tell you, hey, focus back on God. But it's always going to be for the purpose of getting close to Jesus. Always. Never going to be condemning. You know, it's always an open door. To return to God. Even the prophets of Israel, man, those guys were like, hey, um, even when God was like for Israel, and it's different than with us in, in, in Christ in the New Testament, but when he goes, um, you know, hey, I'm going to carry you away um, captive to, to Babylon, he always goes, but I'm going to bring you back. And when I do, you're going to be restored and it's going to need to be what happened. And, and Jeff's, you know, they're like the greatest hits. When I think of of serving with Jeff, um, Jeff's greatest hit was during our vision meeting, our core team vision meeting, like two months out from our launch. Jeff goes, and this is like our cutoff point that I talk about in jump school. Where I talk about the cutoff commitment point where you need to know who's coming with you. A few months before our launch, Jeff calls me the night before this meeting goes, hey, uh, Peyton, 
I got this, uh, I got this, um, this, this word. And this is the only time Jeff had been like, Hey, I got something I really need to share. And I go, <laughs> I go, Oh, and he goes, yeah, it's kind of a big one, Peyton. And, um, I don't get these all the time. And by this time, I only, only known Jeff for like eight months. And, but I was starting to trust him and I go, well, what is it? And he goes, well, and this is like 2005. He goes, well, there's this, and he used the word, I kid you not, economic crisis. And it's, it's going to be big Peyton. And it's going to, it's going to hit here and it's going to hit America and it's going to hit other parts of the world. It's going to be global. It's going to, it's going to be a knock on effect. And he goes, people are going to lose their jobs and they're going to lose their homes and it's going to freak people out. But he goes, but the Lord wants us to know that he knows and it's going to be okay. And while all the world is freaking out and the rugs pulled out from under everyone, that we're to give them the answer of who they can trust during this time. And nine months later, man, six months, I don't remember how many months. It was somewhere in between about six to nine months later. It happened. And what's the coolest part about this story is I went back to Jeff. Oh, at first I go, ah, he's done sharing. And I'm like, oh, I got this internal struggle. Like, I really trust Jeff, but this is weird. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I'm on the phone going, Hmm, I got this dilemma. I got this guy. I trust him. I want to see the things of the spirit. But, and I go, Jeff, don't you think like you should share this with your small group? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get out of it. And Jeff goes, well, I could, but uh, I think, I think it's for our vision meeting, but I'll do whatever you want. And that was kind of like, like if he had come in going, no, I have to share this. And it's, you know, don't stand in God's way. I'd be like, dude, take a hike. Mm -hmm. You know, like, seriously, you're weird. Right. And, and, and I want to say this to guys, don't ever be afraid of prophetic leaders. If they're weird and they're making you uncomfortable, it's kind of like my brother says about like, you know, we always talk about when there's pedophiles out in the world, how you tell my brother's always like. If it feels weird, it's because it is. Right? <laughs> and it's the same. <laughs> if, if someone's giving you the creepy vibe, listen to that. Um, but, but with a prophetic leader, it's the same. If it seems weird, it's because it is. Right? Nothing I read in the Gospels, nothing I read. Okay, there's one thing in the Gospels where they're taking, like, you know, rags and touching them on Paul and people are going and getting healed. But for Pete's sake, you know, the dude was, like, nonstop. So that's the only thing, but only really because Benny Hinn made it weird. You know what I'm saying? And and so what about Elisha's bones? Come on, I dude, I love that. Is that Are not the craziest me? story ever? Oh, I we don't have time that. to dig that guy's own grave. Dump him in the the grave with Elisha's bones. Oh, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a jack in the box. Yeah, you know what? I actually mentioned that in um in my new book. Cha Ching. <laughs> I I tell that story because. That's what I think we got to do is go back to these guys, man, who knew the power of the spirit, throw our dead carcass on them, you know, so we can spring back to life. 
See what I did there? I used that as an analogy. But, but, but the funny thing about this story, I was saying the funniest part about this story is I let Jeff tell it. And everyone's like, they're just there, you know, they're listening. And I can, I look around the room in our vision meeting and I can see like, like, dude, the presence of God would be with us sometimes. I don't know how to explain that, but, um, he would just be with us. And I, like, when it, when it finally happened and it was hitting the papers and the words economic crisis are floating around, I go to Jeff, I call him up and I go, Jeff, have you heard the news? They're like, economic crisis like global people losing their homes and jobs and they don't know how the, how bad it's going to be and um there could be another like they're talking about another stock market like or not uh stock market a a great depression and jeff goes oh well um but, but like what what should i be aware of and i go remember that prophecy <laughs> he didn't even remember he goes oh yeah you know, and, and that was, to me, that was just such the spirit mm. of the prophetic leader. Not impressed with himself, not out to prove anything, wasn't looking for power, didn't want people to fear him, respect him, didn't take himself seriously. And I'll tell you why with a prophetic leader, because they're so stinking focused on Jesus, right? It, it, it says about Moses that Moses was the humblest man on the face of the earth. And the reason why is because that guy met with God face to face. And when you meet with God face to face on a regular basis, you're not proud. So the guys who are like, I am the mighty prophet of God. I don't trust those guys. I don't believe them. I'm like, hey, I see right through you, man. Because when you don't take yourself that seriously, it's usually because you've been taking somebody else very seriously. And that was what I found in Jeff. He was a humble, humble dude. And uh, a pleasure to serve with. I, I actually write um, about him. I miss you most of all, Scarecrow, at the uh, uh, dedication of Church Zero. Because um, there's something that happens when the prophetic leader and the apostolic guy are together. Um, I've talked about how these guys, you know, they have their counterbalance. So the, the apostolic guy is balanced by the shepherd. The teacher and the prophet balance each other. The prophet needs the balance of the teacher to keep him biblical. But the, the prophet also balances the teacher because he tells him, hey, dude, it's not all about what you can preach from the pulpit, right? It's about power. For my word, the word of God did not come to you in word only, but in a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And, and it's amazing to see those guys come together in combination. Um, they transform one another. But when you put the apostolic and the prophetic next to each other, it's kind of like Han Solo and Chewbacca, right? It's an amazing tag team. It's Batman and Superman, right? It's um, or or Batman and Robin. I I don't know how to put it, but think of the best team ups. It's Butch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's the Wonder Twins off of Super Friends. It's you know Sonny and Cher, Pete. It's uh, should I stop? Yeah. Okay, but you get my you get my point. There's there's just this duo thing that happens when those two guys they fire each other and it, they spin each other with centrifugal force, you know, um, in a way that it, it's like a holy dwarf toss. <laughs> did you just say a holy dwarf toss? I did. <laughs> I coined that. 
Okay, again, Peyton is P-E-Y-T-O-N at churchplannermag.com. Stop sending me your emails. I didn't do it. I want to give a shout out at the end of this. um, Church Planner Magazine. This month. Thank you, Dramatic Train. They were trying to edit you. No, they were trying to give me dramatic pause. Um, This month. We have a letter, I mean, a, a, an article by a pastor named Kenny who's deaf. And he has uh, written an article about how to reach the deaf community. Um, I think we had an episode where we talked about ministering to people with disability. And, um, uh, and I mentioned, you know, my uncle's deaf, this and that. But I want to give a shout out to that. Um, this is a voice that doesn't often get heard in church planning circles. Hey, and did you just a, say this is a voice that doesn't get heard? And you're talking but about I deaf didn't mean it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was actually that, that was Freudian. But but Mitchell behave. But, but here's here's the thing. That that's Pete <laughs> So so but but no, honestly, I'm really excited about this article. If you don't get Church Planner magazine, um, get, get this issue and, and read uh, from a deaf pastor telling you how to minister to people from the deaf community. I just feel like so many people in America are out there. Um, you know, my daughter has special needs and uh, there's so many people out there that are just being forgotten by the church. And of course, if you know the Gospels, you know that Jesus specifically went after the blind, the crippled. The deaf. I mean, like literally he says when you throw a banquet, don't do it for those who can repay you. Right? Don't go after tithers, man. That's that's creepy and disgusting. Go after people who can't repay you. Go after the people Jesus did. And that's one forgotten um, world in the world of church planning. But um, last thing um, that I didn't mention, I'm just going to say it in like two sentences. The other things that uh, the prophet does when he gets in the midst of a core planning uh, church church planting core team is he helps people discover their gifts. Mm. The the apostle very much recognizes people's gifts and and strategically mobilizes them where they need to be. The prophetic leader comes into that same core team and he helps people activate them. He helps encourage them to awaken their gifts, kind of like where Paul says to Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. It's in you, but it needs to be stirred up. And the prophetic leader helps activate and awaken people in their gifts. And I've watched this in small groups with prophetic leaders time and time again. And that is one of those. I probably should have spent the majority of of, of the podcast telling those stories. Um, but I'm just going to leave you with that. You can mull on that, think about it. But it's fascinating to be around these guys. Next week, we'll talk about the evangelistic leader. That's cool. So if if you got a prophetic leader and um, he's on a core team, and let's say that there's really no one on this core team that's good with uh, payroll and bookkeeping and uh, you know IRS compliance, where, you, you where should they go? Each each podcast now, people are waiting for the lame segue. They're just waiting. Like <laughs> that's how we're gonna end it, right? It, it's it's always like. I love her lame segues. They're the best. You know, it's like a, you know, Nacho Libre. Um, basically, uh, I, I know I killed that segue. You worked hard at that segue. I did. Too. 
I did because I always like to look at you cry. to see. Don't do, don't cry. Like honestly, there's next week. We'll, I, we'll I like to see again. if you, if Sorry. you at what point do you catch what I'm doing? <laughs> like it, as soon like as I was finishing, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> it's like I know it's coming. <laughs> Well, I just want to know, like, what do you do if you need help with all that type of stuff? Okay, so here, here's the irony. Jeff was my treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the prophetic leader can be good at bookkeeping? He can. But I will also say he was an engineer. This is highly, highly, highly rare. And we're in Wales, where there's no such thing as simplified church there, Right. I mean, churches don't have money anyways. But what I would say is, guys, for you, um, you know, it's kind of like Peter said, you know, the apostles were, you know, they were doing apostolic stuff. And he said, hey, there's stuff that has to be done with distributing resources um, to the widows. And he just says, I don't have time for it. And he goes, so let's appoint people. Well, look, um, you may not have Let's appoint Simplify Church. Let's appoint simplifychurch.com. <laughs> hey, what's a .com, Peter? But but the reality is, you know, that this happens with church planners. Um, when you're forming a core team, you don't even know who you can trust, right, um, on your core team. So you got to be really careful. And I, I would say Simplify Church is a couple hundred bucks a month normally to do this. It's nothing. It's a small pittance of what's going to come in. It's going to keep you compliant, keep you legal. They will help you even set up your 501c3. I mean, these these guys are awesome. They're the real deal. So I would say hit simplifychurch.com. They do exactly what they say. I dig it, man. Well, cool. I appreciate you sharing that and dropping that bit of wisdom on me about Simplify Church and uh, the prophetic leader. And uh, hey, Anytime, Pete. You know, I wouldn't mind if you asked me that question every week. <laughs> why, don't you, uh, why don't you end our... our uh, our podcast by giving out the tagline. Well, guys, um, look, uh, thanks for joining us. Pete and I are deeply touched. Um, we love you guys. And uh, see, when you tell me to do it, it just the rebel in me kicks in. I, I don't want to do it. Saying you goodbye know, is hard. I, I had someone join my Bivo consulting course for church planners, and they paid yeah. in all silver coins, 30 of them. I don't, I don't understand what that means. Wait, what? Are these valued at like? <laughs> anyway, go on with your <laughs> go on with your tagline. I got it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast. It's only going to go downhill from here, so let us <laughs> sign it out. Hey, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music